Hey, you're listening to the Smoke Meat Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Pittman. And today, we have got an awesome guest for you. Been looking forward to this one. We have got Joey Belladonna, the lead singer for Anthrax. I'm not going to let you hear a bunch of me just jabbering about him. We're just going to get this thing going here on Smoked Meat. So how the hell are you today, Joey? You know, I'm doing just fine. I mean, you know what? Today we lost a little power about 10 minutes ago, and I was a little late coming on to your show, but you know what? It's all good, man. We know how to adapt to all these things these days, but I'm doing just fine. How about you? Man, if I was any better, I'd be twins. I'm sitting here getting to talk to the great Joey Belladonna, man. How the hell could it get better? Oh, well, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. You know, I, I'm glad that people dig what we do, and it, and it really puts you in a good mode. Because musically, I mean, when I find stuff that I like, and it does, it does wonders for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe music heals. Music takes you wherever you want to go. I mean, I, I can't tell you what I was doing in 1984, but you can name a song from then, and I can tell you exactly where I was when I was listening to it. Yeah, I love that. Certain songs, man, they hit you so quick. You can just remember everything about it, you know? Yeah. Amazing how that is. Yeah, I, I love music. You know, I, I play a little bit of guitar, not enough to... I mean, I don't even play in front of my kids. I'm that bad. I can chicken pick. That's about it. But I have fun with it. I've got a thin line telly that I play around with. And it, it does good. It's good for the soul. And mu- music does that for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I appreciate that just as well. Yeah. You know, I, I thought about doing the online lessons. And, you know, through this show, I've got access to, you know, guitar gods. You know, Kenny Olson, George Pahone, you know, all these people and just, I just, I don't do it. <laughs> so I take you're a guitar player yourself, right? A little bit. I, I have yeah. fun with it. I'm not really great. But I'm learning. I can do two chords now. I can do a D and an A. Without, so you were actually, without you looking. Take, you were looking to take lessons, you are saying. Thinking about it. Yeah, you know what? If, especially if you're like, in that in that mode of like, really wanting to pick up stuff. I mean, I know you can go online and explore some stuff a lot of people are obviously getting so much better quicker now that they can visualize things online and and just pick up every kind of questionnaire you could ever find so there's nothing wrong with lessons you know and applying stuff to whatever you want to do and again even if it's a hobby so what you just you're you're feeling good about the progress you know yeah yeah you know when i started this i'd never done a podcast didn't know anything about it i just decided i'm doing a podcast and now you know two years later i've charted in 10 countries i I have great guests and i just have fun with it so it works yeah i like it i'm I'm enjoying doing it myself because again it's just nice to have conversation with people and just have the banter that it takes to you know be you know into music together you know yeah yeah and we got an airplane flying over i'm out here in my cook shack doing this I, i we just bought 12 acres of land and I've got a pavilion on it, and I've decided this is my space. And I, I just I love sitting out here doing it. Wow. I uh, talked to a few people that are moving out to Georgia now, and they're looking forward to it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was born here, and I was raised here. You know, moved away for about 10 minutes, but, you know, we, we finally settled south of Atlanta here, and we, we like it pretty good. I work in Atlanta as a paramedic, and it's... It's definitely interesting. I've been doing that for 31 years, so. 
Wow, that's uh, good. That's a good take. Was it? Uh, are you in the truck and doing all the the calls and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually, speaking of singers, Dave Lee Roth was doing a lot of that kind of stuff. I did not know that. Oh yeah, it was uh, definitely. You know, he can tell you some stories about him. You know. Oh man. Showing up at people's houses and taking care of people, and they don't look up and said, "Are you?" <laughs> <laughs> that, I could not imagine having him as a partner. That would just be amazing. I'd, I'd love yeah. to interview him. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Those are, those are some really good interviews. Uh, Dave Dave is uh, definitely uh, unique. Yeah, a little bit. I just saw a, a documentary. I think it was on Netflix or Prime. I can't remember which one about the early days of Van Halen. And it's got a bunch of stuff from him when he was younger and talking to people. And it was, oh man, it was awesome. Yeah, that was a great, great history. Sorry, sorry to have the passing of Eddie, you know, what a, yeah. what a, damn, was, nobody could touch that style yeah. like that. You know, he had a, I loved his writing. I loved his sound. And I got to jam with his son on a cruise ship that we did one of those rock cruises. Yeah. And uh, we did some Van Halen. It was, it was awesome. He was also really talented. Oh, very talented. Yeah. I mean, I just, when I heard that he passed, that was that that was a blow because, like I said, I mean, he was a, I, I hate to use the word pioneer, but, I mean, honestly, he was. You know, that sound, nobody had heard anything like him before, and nobody's going to hear anything like him again. No, you know, I mean, there's just some people that just have a style, a style that you just can't, I mean, I love that originality type of thing where it's not that easy to be those people. You know, some people may want to copy all that. You learn every lick, but to be that unique on your own, to have those great ideas and be able to do it album after album. Yeah. I love, I love originality. I, I, that's one of my favorite things. Even coming out of Anthrax, coming into Anthrax and while being in it, to be able to have my own style, which I wasn't aware of until I started singing with them, because I really hadn't had a chance to kind of dig into something that I could try it for real. Like, you know, I wrote originals when we were younger and jammed a little bit, but not not like this. And, and to listen back to, like, the first, you know, Spreading the Disease and um, Armed and Dangerous, I'm like, wow, yeah, pretty cool. I didn't expect it. And, and it was a pretty easy transition for me to just walk into that and start singing over it even though it's crazy music and it's it has its ups and downs it's like challenging moments but it's nice yeah you know how did you walk into that gig i mean just young young joey all of a sudden boom i'm an anthrax how did that happen man i was uh i was jamming covers for a while you know i was up in plattsburgh Believe it or not, in a small, small area up up north, basically, and the all close to Montreal, basically. And I got a call from my dad saying there was this band, Anthrax, is uh, would like you to come down and check the band out. You know, it wasn't really to me. It wasn't any audition because I wasn't looking. I mean, technically, I suppose it was an audition, but I didn't. I didn't feel like I was auditioning anything. I just walked in. I had no idea what was going on. There was no script or nothing. And, and I was in a band before that where my name got floated around uh, the first Rainbow 
band. We had a band called Bible Black, mm-hmm. and we really never got going out of the house. So I, that's why I moved to Plattsburgh just to keep myself busy. You know, I couldn't sit around, even though I wished we would have gotten off the ground because we, you know, we're like a Black Sabbath, Deep Purple type of music. Mm-hmm. And that's how my name got out. And of course, I flew down to Anthrax and Ithaca on a propeller plane. My first flight, you couldn't even hear my Walkman. Remember the Walkman? Oh, yeah. I had that on, and I, I barely could hear the music. But, again, when I showed up, I, I had no idea who they were. Never heard the music before. And I just walked in, and, you know, we started chatting. I said, hey, you want to you wanna give us a shot and try some stuff and listen to some stuff? I don't quite remember all the events, how, how we got to the microphone, mm. but it wasn't very long after then. Um, they liked what they heard from me, and I, I, I mean, I, we always laughed because I didn't know what to do at first, and they're like, you know, do, you know, let's, let's check your mic, get some warmed up, I mean, hey, you know, if you want to warm up or do anything, I, you know, I just busted out some journey, <laughs> and those guys just kind of like, the seats flipped upside down, and like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, they didn't expect me to come in to do that. Yeah, because Steve, you know? Steve Perry's a hard one to do, man. Yeah, so you know, I just threw I threw a little tidbits of that stuff out, and you know, even though they were probably excited, I, I assume, and that's what I I understand. And at the same time, I probably go, uh, I wonder how you could do on our music. So, but they asked me if I wanted to stay, you know, and I'll check it out, you know. And I guess rest is history at this point. Yeah. You know, there's a long history, forty years now. Yeah, that was just this month too. Yeah, that's right. We had our live stream. We sell it. We've been celebrating some stuff online, you know, uh, look back in time kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, with some brief stories of, of incidents and stuff. Uh, I think, I don't know if you've seen any of those. Yeah. And if you, have, if you haven't, probably just as well, because uh, there's just much more to say in, on those, all those stories on my, on my thoughts, you know. Yeah. 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 But, or to say, but yeah. it's a cool look back. It's a, it's nice to see what we've accomplished, and then great musicians chiming in and congratulating us in, in different ways, which is an honor, you know. Yeah, it's, it, technology is so awesome because you know, you know, even ten years ago, you wouldn't have been able to live stream that. If y'all wanted to do a 40th anniversary thing, you'd have had to tour and just go everywhere and. It would have been a logistical nightmare with this, you know. It's boom, let's hit everybody at once, and it's it's awesome what we're living in now. Yeah, I know, and and it's it's definitely a a much broader accomplishments. I think you know, hell, you you know, you could be in Europe tonight, and you could be talking to me, or South America, and we could be just talking on on Zoom yeah. or video, or whatever, and, or I could be performing for someone live, and you know, it's nice. I'm not sure that my favorite thing to do but I, I also would would do it in a heartbeat if somebody wanted it in the right fashion and would enjoy it you know yeah. I live good I, I, I just did a deal trip there too uh, for Ronnie Dio's uh, cancer um, uh, foundation and we did a live stream with that and that was pretty kick ass you know yeah yeah you know it's, it, and the, the one thing is there's nothing like the feel of an audience though because I know whenever I'm on stage doing comedy I feed off of that that's that's what gives me my my go and yeah but to know that people are in watching anyway and enjoying it there's 
it's just an awesome thing. You know, I, I love, love making people smile. It's, it's what I do. And yeah, it's wonderful. Especially if you can win them over with your talent, you know? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I always say dazzle them with brilliance or baffle them with bullshit. Either one. But hey, it works. They smile when they leave. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah. Yeah. So what have you been up to here recently, man? I know you stay busy. That's for sure. Well, basically, uh, I stopped the March 6th. Did my journey band did the one show. And by the time we came back, things were just kind of kicking hard into the, you know, the whole pandemic thing. So I stayed low throughout throughout the time. And so just recently, uh, we just decided, you know, I had those two live streams. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I... I can't remember. Maybe it was October. I can't remember. We we did one of those song. We did a song, song gung ho. You know, one of those. You film at home. I'll film at home, and we'll put it together like we're together. Yeah, yeah. We did one of those. Well, that that was cool. You know. Uh, yeah. uh, that's that's about it. And then of course I've I've done a lot of uh, Q and A's on online i've done you know some podcasts i've done some tv shows i've, tra- I've started to travel a little bit and we did a show just recently too in wisconsin one of those festivals and that was awesome you know we, we, it was a great show first time back 600 and some days <laughs> yeah and uh oh great you know we're going to sturgis this, this next week oh I, I would love to be up there y'all are doing the buffalo chip aren't you yeah, we're playing as a uh, black label is going to open up. We're going to play later that night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty decent day. Yeah, I've I've never gotten to go to Sturgis. I would love to go. I don't ride because after this, I, I had two strokes about six years ago, and oh, I'm sorry, I'm not coordinated enough for it. <laughs> and, yeah, I uh, want to be bike, you know, and you want to be. Definitely uh, be careful on that. But yeah. Sorry to hear that you're doing well. Yeah, doing doing great, man. Back on the ambulance, doing what I do. Um, and you know, I'm I'm proof music heals. Uh, there's a guitarist out there named Monty Montgomery, and he did a remake several years ago of Romeo and Juliet. You know, the old Dire Straits song. Mm. And he plays wow. an acoustic electric Alvarez is what he plays. And when he does this song live, the solo's like ten minutes long, and it sounds like three people playing at once. And he's the only guitar. It was just him, huh? Yeah, and uh, I was uh, out in my in my cook shack at my old house. Um, I lose words sometimes. Sorry about that. But I was out there cleaning guns and listening to metal as loud as I could. And I decided I wanted to hear that, so I downloaded it. And before I realized it, I was singing it note for note. And, wow! And that what? helped me through it. And I let him know it. And he he actually called me to. Thank me for giving him that note. But well, me, you know, it's nice. Our solos kind of stick with you as a memorable piece. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, think, I like I like solos like that. I'm very much in the lead guitar. Yeah. I love, I love Yeah, and that's, that's what I would love to play is lead. I don't ever see it happening, but, yeah, <laughs> it's fun anyway. Well, you know, sometimes it keeps to me some of the simplest – short versions of something just melodic 
and nice and easy, you know. I, I mean, look at some of the Beatles solos, you know. You know, it's a nice and simple but catchy as hell. Yeah. You know, if, if that's one of your first solos, you know, or anything you do, you'd be surprised how much more you can accomplish if you keep pushing ahead, you know. Yeah. And what's funny is my cousins, all of them on my dad's side, can play anything. I mean, they could pick up a pine limb and a shoestring and sound like Hendrix and then turn around and play the same thing on the French horn. I mean, there's nothing they can't play. And I just didn't inherit that gift. It's hilarious. One of them actually, I think he played on Edwin McCain's demo album or demo tape. So, I mean, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, they, they've played everywhere. <laughs> but, yeah, I just I mean, I didn't get that. What's your favorite style of music at this point at this point I, it's funny i've always been that old guy that has the same playlist and because i've started doing the show you know i if i if i'm going to interview a musician i like to listen to him beforehand so i kind of have an idea and i've gotten so much new stuff but i'm, I'm kind of all over the world musically i love five finger death punch um metallica anthrax of course uh i love I mean, hell, I've got Wayne Newton on my playlist. Um, I've got Queen. Oh, I am, too. You know, I just, yeah, we were listening to Herb Albert the other day in the car. Do you want a brass, baby? My wife had that. We were just jamming with it, you know. It doesn't matter. We, we're not like, oh, God, turn this shit off, you know. We, we like, <laughs> we listen to a lot of different music, you know. Yeah. It keeps, you know, keeps your mind open and different feelings, you know, different modes. Yeah, and what's funny is my partner on the ambulance is a really young guy, and I'll hijack the Bluetooth sometimes and just be riding along. And it, it's funny he thinks I have the perfect song for every occasion because I just seem to, if something pops up, boom, I'm hitting a song that fits for that. And well, that's a, a good thing. You can pull up anything anytime now and yeah, explore. I, I do like that. I mean, remember you used to go to the store and. Like, man, I don't know, maybe I, I don't know, should I get this record? I'm not sure what time. Like, you know, you might be able to listen to a little bit on headphones or something. Yeah. But even then, it's, it's just, you don't feel like, you feel like you're rushed and everything. It's like, okay, I got one choice. So what do I want to buy? I'll buy these, you know, or I'll buy six used albums that I know that I should have bought a long time ago, that kind of thing. But you, mm-hmm. you get right online and you, you can start listening to stuff. I love that. There's great, great ways of being able to catch music quick. Yeah. But I- it's same time we lost out on a lot of album sales because a lot of people don't buy you know i mean i like buying stuff still yeah and i'm glad vinyl's making kind of a comeback um the house we bought in the attic i actually found two record players one of them works and one of them doesn't but in one of the sheds there was a stack of albums about a foot thick and i went looking through them and a bunch of it's old gospel stuff and they were just ruined they were warped scratched but at the bottom of this stack there were three albums um, one of them was Jethro Tull Warchild. One was Fleetwood Mac Tusk with both albums in it. And I can't think of the third one that saved my life, but it was actually a pretty good one. And all three of them are in pristine condition. I'm like, where in the hell did these come from under this stack? <laughs> and I, I just love vinyl. I remember my first record that I ever bought with my own money was um, Kiss Dynasty. I think I was seven. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Albums were definitely a turning turning point in our lives. You know, that that brought us the music. 
you know, really brought us the music right away. Them, the 45s, man. I had so many 45s. Oh, man, I had stacks of them. Oh, Somebody yeah. gave me a full jukebox full of them. Oh, man. You know, remember the old 45s used to come out of the jukebox? And, yeah. You know, these, you know, definitely have some, talk about worn down, but it's so great looking at, like, what was on the B-side of some of these songs. You know, it's like, holy cow, even the Beatles, every B-side was a hit. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, all the little clicks and pops and the white noise on them just gives character to it to me. You know, I've actually got a filter on here where I can add that to different things, and once in a while I'll download a song and just add that to it, just to have that sound. Oh, yeah, nothing like a good skip record, too, and you got to go. Oh, yeah. Say, hey, can somebody get that? Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. It just, it, it seemed like such a different time back then. Everything wasn't digital. You know, you, you knew if, if you were a poor upcoming band and you were piecing together, you know, four or five foot pieces of tape to try and get one last take, you knew you had to be on point. Now it's, oh, we've got endless, endless supply of storage. Go, just roll with it. And yeah, I got, you know, I just picked up another iPod, one of those, yeah. you can put, I don't know. 5,000 songs or something. Yeah. It's amazing to put on something, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I just, it, it seemed like everybody brought their A-game on the first shot back then. Not saying people don't now, but they don't like they did then, though. Well, we do, we put records together, man. We really, really make sure that we do something strong and, and very memorable. You know, we don't like to, cut any corners at all when it comes to putting a great great record together you know yeah and that's that's me you know i've i've been doing comedy for about 30 years now and i've only been paid once for it you know i've I've never hit it hard enough i haven't paid the dues to where i feel like i need to start doing the big shows and get paid a lot and all that because I, i do it for fun but i always bring my a game because i know everybody that came in there paid to come in and see me so, you know, and I'm, I'm like you, even this show, you know, people aren't paying to hear it, but they're taking their time to listen to it. And I want the, I want them to hear the best. I want them to hear this show and go, damn, that's good. You know, I, I do everything myself. You know, Eileen and Jimmy helped me a lot with guests and they are so awesome. I love them, but you know, production and everything, it's just me. So I, I feel like I have to bring that a game every time because if I don't, people are going to know it. Uh, it's satisfying that you can do it by yourself and you can take all the credit, take full blame too at the same time. Yeah, I had a guy, a lot, when I first started, it was helping me get some guests and he was giving me some pretty good guests. You know, I was doing a good job with him and he wanted to take credit for my show and he actually wanted a piece of my show. He wanted like 40%. He said, you can get sponsors and then we'll split whatever they do at 40, 60. You're talking like, about your time? Yeah, about my about my podcast here. Oh, really? What, what's he gonna, why is he going to get a piece of your show? Yeah, because he's an idiot. Oh, <laughs> he is an okay. Idiot. He wanted a piece of my show because he was getting me guests. You know, these people were paying him to put me on, put them on their shows. And uh, yeah, he's he wasn't getting any much. He actually got mad and stopped working with me over that. But I don't care. I mean, this is mine. I don't want to monetize it. You know, necessarily, I won't turn down a hundred million dollars. You know, like they gave Rogan. Yeah, Rogan, yeah. But, he, 
too big, right? Yeah. How do you do? How do you know Arlene? How do you guys hook up? Uh, I actually found Jimmy on Facebook, and I reached out to him, and he knew this other person also. And he's like, "Yeah, man, we'll be happy to help you out." And I started booking guests through them, and they have just been so phenomenal. I mean, they've helped me book people who weren't even their clients. You know, I can say, hey, I want this person, and they'll they'll bust their tail to try and get them for me. Isn't that great? Because that, that's kind of like a lot of times when we, you know, we, we all try to help each other, you know. That's, uh, that's not a problem, you yeah. know. And if people, you know, use the help, you know, it's yeah. great. Yeah, and, you know, they don't pressure me. If they give me somebody I don't really want to do, I can tell them, and it, it don't hurt their feelings. They don't take it personally. Which oh, yeah. I, mean, I think I've done young. everybody that they've sent me because that's who I am. You know, I've had a couple that I, I saw them and did some research and said, what in the hell? And those turn out <laughs> to be my very best interviews. It's strange. Yeah. You never know. I mean, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is so weird. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, how in the fuck am I going to do this interview, man? This person is insane. And then I just start talking to them and. I mean, we're just fast friends. I guess crazy is my wheelhouse. I don't know, but <laughs> but it works. And uh, hey, isn't it really podcast could be called a talk show? You know, just a just a good banner back and forth as if we were sitting out in your backyard. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. where I'm sitting right now. Is in the backyard. Awesome. How's uh, your weather? Got some nice weather in Georgia. We've got a cold front coming through right now, so it's like seventy-five or eighty. So it feels phenomenal. Yeah, you like? I know, none of that hundred stuff. Oh, dude, last week I was, it, I knew how Ace Ventura felt inside of that rhino. It was <laughs> hot as shit last week. Yeah, like, what, what's the high you got? What was, it, what was the last temperature you saw? What was uh, the high? I'm not, I don't, I don't, try this again. I'm not really sure because if I look at it, then I feel hotter. So I don't uh -huh. really look at it, but I, I started at being able to work out in the yard because my schedule got normalized. And I've got a lot to do out here. You know, we've got trees that we want to get down. I'm chipping up limbs and cutting grass and clearing places. And in about a week and a half, I lost 25 pounds. So wow. that's, that's, that's how hot get... it was. Wow. Are you a Falcons fan by any chance? Uh, a little bit. We work, actually worked their training camp a couple of years ago. And we the company I'm with covers their football games. So I'm probably going to go to a couple of those this year. Have you been in the stadium yet, the new one? I have not. I've had a lot of chances to because we work a lot of the events there. And I just, between the house and my normal shift, I just haven't had a chance to pick anything up. Uh, I saw the making of that stadium. It oh, it's really it, it is insane. It is freaking huge. Yeah, I'm ready for football. I got. You know, I know it's coming. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, what college team do you pull for? I'm actually a Notre Dame. Okay, that's respectable. Yeah, yeah. I know. What do you, obviously, you know, Georgia, right? Well, no. I've not got loyalty to really any college team. I've got several that I like. I like Georgia. I like Tennessee. I like Auburn because I've got a friend who his son goes to Auburn on a full-ride scholarship. Hmm. But uh, my wife is a diehard Georgia fan, and she gets very passionate about the games, and enough where my daughters won't stay in the living room when she's watching one, and I won't sit right beside of her. 
<laughs> I can respect something about it, man. It just it brings out something in you that I don't know. I mean, I'm just me and my wife. We get into football so much. It's uh, you know you have to tick it, and you just. I mean, hell, there's a game this Thursday. The whole game. I I I, I don't. Know, I just can't wait. I, I I don't I don't get too freaked out over the preseason, but I do enjoy watching the game. You know, so. Yeah. And then you got the Hall of Fame inductees. You got two this year because we had we didn't get one last year. So Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, they're doing two full. And I love those speeches. I mean, they're yeah. so passionate, and I love the stories. Yeah, and I I love the athletes now that actually still take responsibility for that. They understand their responsibilities as athletes. You know that they're role models. You know because you got so many that. As soon as they start getting paid, they turn into the thugs from hell. Well, they're going to get paid now. College, college guys can get paid. You know, see, we're going to watch. It'll be like the wild, wild west now. Yeah. Oh it's man. Gonna, I got I can't wait to see all of that stuff. How people get persuaded to go to some other team, or <laughs> I mean, some players are not even going to get the benefits from it because they're not going to be as popular. You know, and the locker rooms used to be neutral. Now you're going to have a lot of. A lot of people taking advantage that they can't get the same advantage, you know, even on the same team. Yeah. Not that I'm going into sports so deep, but that, that's a that's a big change. Yeah, that's that's going to be real interesting. Well, I'm glad for them to get paid, but it's it's not going to be really evenly spread in ways, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I love stories like you know Rodrigo Blankenship, the kicker for Georgia. You know, just walked on, well, didn't have a scholarship or anything, and. By the time he graduated, he's Georgia's points, you know, got their points record as a kicker. <laughs> you know? That's cool. Yeah. That would be the only likely spot I would play in football, and even then I'd have to beef up a little bit, but probably kicking a field goal would be my thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, You know, I played a little when I was younger, nothing major. I went out for high school football, and I had never done any organized sports. And the coach, it was his first year. I went out at the end of eighth grade so I could start in the ninth grade. And I don't remember what I did at the end of the first week, but he grabbed me by my face mask and led me over every inch of that field, screaming and cussing at me. And I said, well, I'm done with this shit. And the next yeah, year, they, yeah, they won state next year. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of responsibility when you're on a team because you got to be like, you know, you got to play the team, team game. You got to be together and do the right thing and listen to the coach. Yeah. You know, otherwise you just you're not gonna fit in. Yeah. Not. Yeah. But you know, I I love watch I like watching it not as much as my wife does. She she's die hard. And if Georgia isn't playing, she'll watch every other game that's playing. And uh, I, I love doing football jokes, you know, like Tennessee and Clemson. You know why their fans wear orange? So that no. they, they can go to the game Saturday, go hunting on Sunday, and go back to work picking up trash on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, she got a lot of uh, paraphernalia for Georgia. She's got some. She she's she's like me. I, I'm not saying I'm cheap. I'm more frugal, and she she's the same way. But she's she's got some. She's got some shirts that she loves and things like that. And, you know, I've, I've put a big G on our mailbox. I've got a vinyl cutter. I've, I decorated it some, just things like that, some flags. But, yeah, she's she's a big fan, big fan. She can, if I walked in the house right now, I could say how long, and she'll know exactly what I'm talking about. 
till Georgia's opener with Clemson, and she can probably tell me down to five minutes on how long it is. <laughs> well, this year, now Clemson will see how good they are without their court, their big quarterback. See what they can. They always find something, but yeah, to be yeah. interesting for them. Yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be interesting. And it's funny, you know, not taking anything away from him, but the first time I saw him, I'm like, damn, Clemson's got a chick throwing the ball. And then I realized <laughs> it wasn't. But, but you know, I joke, he, he can out-throw me, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'll be very interesting to see how uh, Urban Meyer does for Jacksonville now this year. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, back, back from college and to the pros, you know, taking on a team that's been struggling, that's going to be interesting, you know. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just ready for cool weather to get here because I can do so yeah, much right. more out here because out here we've got snakes, and I hate snakes. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually have a snake in the house. Oh, man. What you got? Ball python. Nice. Is there any kind of morph to it? What's that? Any kind of specific morph on the on the – pattern or anything or just a normal wall of a python just normal just normal easy going he's just kicks back in the cage you know and yeah. feed him yeah well those uh, don't bother it, me no i know but you're talking some big ones because we watched the program on the hbo the other night and they literally pay people to go prizes to, to i mean the snakes are like out of control because the eggs and they just multiply and these things are so big yeah. I mean, unbelievable the size of these things, man. And they're eating like like cattle. Yeah. Yeah, down in Florida, people were releasing their pet pythons when they'd get tired of them, and they've gotten in the Everglades and took off. Yeah. What kind of bird you got going down there? What's, I hear a nice big bird. I don't know what it is. There's one out in a tree here. Like I said, I'm out here in the backyard, literally. I'm just chilling out yeah, here. Yeah, we got a lot of birds, too. And my wife usually was like, oh, that's uh." Yeah, I can't. I can't recognize that one. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Man, when people hear this podcast, they are these guys going talk about birds in the backyard and snakes, and I love it. <laughs> oh man, my my fans go. No, I go everywhere. Like I said, I've gone from Grammys to Bigfoot in one sentence. Because <laughs> so, I am a believer. I am, and uh, it's funny. That, a lot of people say you're crazy and make fun of that, which is fine. But there is actually a sector of Bigfoot believers that the Bigfoot believers make fun of. And it's awesome. There are people that, that believe they're interdimensional and that they can actually talk to them telepathically. And I don't believe that. It's, it's a damn animal we haven't found yet. You know, that's what I think. I could be wrong. Who knows? But, oh, man. Yeah, you could be. Could be wrong. Yep, I could be wrong. It could not be <laughs> one, or it could be an alien that can knows everything I'm thinking right now, standing ten feet from me, watching me with a cloaking device. Who knows? Oh man, <laughs> there's no telling. Like I said, weird is my wheelhouse. <laughs> but yeah. Oh man, I'm glad you're I'm glad you're alive and feeling good about everything. That's the most important right now for you. You know. Definitely, definitely, man. I, I look at it this way: if I can't have fun doing something, it's not worth doing. You know, it's. I, I love to just. I love making people smile. I love having fun, and I love helping people. It just it works for me. You know, it's just what I've always done. 
You're definitely in the business of helping people, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you. The, the one thing that really gets on my nerves was when people say COVID isn't as bad as they say. Um, it is. I'm watching it spike now. It's, it's coming up a lot. You know, a week ago we had two people in our hospital with it. Now we're up to 58 in just that's a week. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's fed that could use some other people. Yeah. For, for other, you know. And, and, you know, I've seen it take healthy people, young people, old people, gay, straight, black, white. It don't matter. It don't care who you are. When it wants you, it'll take you. So please be careful with this stuff. Oh, yeah, believe me. I, yeah. <laughs> it's all beyond cautiousness, you know. Try, 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 you know. Yeah. It'd be nice to be able to get everybody on the same page. Yeah. Just try to make it a lot better. And what, what's really hard for me is, you know, being a, a an older Southern gentleman, I was raised to be a handshaker. If I meet you, the first thing I'm going to do is shake your hand, and I'm having to break that habit. And that is driving me insane because it's part of my DNA. So since we've been out, yeah, that has we've been doing it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've, I've, we went from, uh, I remember when we first came out to the festival, we started doing the elbows. Mm-hmm. And then next, you know, we're hugging, <laughs> yep. talking in each other's ear at the show. Yeah, you know, everything hands with everyone. It didn't matter, you know. It's like, I guess that's just—it's <laughs> hard to really. It's hard to to shake that off, you know. Yeah, and I'm a hugger too. That's that's tough. Yeah, I know. I I would even if I played clubs and if I just saw those people only at those bars. And they became like friends at the bar, and not so much anywhere else. Yeah. Hey, what's up? And I give everybody a nice little, little hug, and it's like I I always wondered why did I do that, but we just it was okay, you know. Sometimes I wonder, are you okay with that? Because you want to do do it too. So so yeah, I mean it's I don't know, it's just one of those things. Sometimes it's, it's a, it was a nice thing to do, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully get back to normal soon. I hope anyway. I'm ready for it. Yeah, well, I hope I hope we do too. I really do. Yeah, because I'm ready for you to get down here to Atlanta with the Journey cover. I'm ready for that. Yeah, that would be cool, right? I mean, yeah. maybe we'll, we'll have to find a good venue for me down there, and we'll come down for sure. Oh, I'll, I will find one. How many seats do you want? Well, you know, hey, look at. The last thing, the only show we've done so far has been like a theater, you know, one of those yeah. smaller theaters. I don't know, maybe a thousand. It wasn't, it wasn't like, like, like Radio City. It wasn't like a thirty-five hundred, something like that. Yeah. So, hey, we're not opposed to playing anywhere, but you know, you want to. Then again, I played halls that were five hundred people, and it was amazing. You know, yeah. it's, you know, it's just. Whatever it takes to get the band where it needs to go. I mean, we travel, you know. Yeah, one one thing I learned about small places, the first time I ever played somewhere really small, I figured out really quick, you know, in a big place, when one person laughs or claps, it's just kind of contagious. Everybody does it. But in, with a really small audience, you earn every clap and laugh you get because it's not I contagious. Love- and I love that. It's more personal. Yeah, because, I mean... You just you can see everybody, you can feel everything, and everybody's getting a real good close up view and sound and everything. Yeah, it's good, you know. Yeah, it really is. 
Yeah. I'm not opposed to any of that. I love playing small bars too. I mean, not the journey thing. It probably would be better off in something a little bit bigger. Yeah. But um, at the same time, a cover band, we play a lot of good old bars where we move a few tables after everybody got done eating, and we move it, and we roll. You know. Been been there. I played a place actually here where I live at now. Um, I didn't live here before then or then, but I did a place. Um, they had a comedy show, and basically they moved a couple of tables. And one thing I did in that show, I love hot foods, and I'd never done this before. I went to the cook before the show and said, what's your hottest wing? And he told me the hottest one on the menu. I said, no, what's your hottest wing? He said, I'll fix you up. He fixed me two of them because that's all I wanted. And about halfway through the show, I told everybody, all right, I'm going to eat these two wings that are ridiculous, and I'm going to try and finish my act. And it was so much fun. I wouldn't do it on a huge stage, but that little bitty venue, just everybody having fun. And it, it was so great. And it went over really well. Yeah, I'm glad that you actually had food during your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I backed up a bowl of popcorn. That's probably the closest I came with some food. And every once in a while, if I, you know, we had a second, I'd take a handful of popcorn. It was probably dumb because I had to clean my mouth out while I was trying to sing again, but, <laughs> but that really doesn't work until I'm done. Now. Yeah, I, I did a place in Kennesaw about five or six years ago, and it was a pizza place. And a buddy of mine actually had a room there that he would do go up and set up comedy shows. I'm like, okay, cool. So I drive up there from Augusta, where I was living at the time, and... I've got a friend with me. We get there early. We just buy our pizza. He says, we're going to cover your pizza. Don't worry. I'll just buy my pizza. You know, hell with it. I don't care. And it was so funny because the show was ran so badly. It was in the sports bar part of the pizza place. And I can't remember. It was some championship was going on. Nobody gave a shit that comedians were there. We were basically playing for each other. And... I was one of the first ones to get up. I was like, okay, yeah, this was fun, but it's starting to get late. I need to get the hell out of here. And about the time me and my friend were about to leave, the owner came out and said, hey, you got to fucking go. Y'all are getting on my customer's nerves, talking to the guy who booked the room. Oh, it was so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> That's too funny. Hey, man, you know what? You know how to roll. Yeah. That's the thing. You know how to roll. That's it. I get you. Man, I'll tell you, this has been a really a, a wonderful thing to have a chance to talk to. It's definitely, definitely a different experience, and man, I hope I hope you enjoyed it all. Oh man, I've had a blast, and you know you're welcome on here anytime. I don't care when. All you gotta do is call and say, "Yo, let's record." It takes me two minutes to set up. Well, thank you. I mean, you know what? We all have our numbers now. You never know. That's it. You never. That is it, my friend. <laughs> 